0: all right so on the mind of a football coach today we have coach sears coach welcome to the podcast hey zach thanks
1: for having me i i actually really enjoy listening
0: to your podcast and and hearing all the coaches
1: that you interview you do a wonderful job and uh, i think that it you know not only for football coaches but for any coach it's an opportunity to uh to learn and expand your wisdom and knowledge base so it's uh uh i'm i feel very uh honored to be here with you
0: oh well thank you coach I, you know, I, I named it "Mind of a Football Coach" because I thought I'd just talk about football, but then soon realized <laughs> mm, there's way more out there than that. You know, there's yeah. a lot more stuff to to talk about, including basketball. Uh, yeah, right. No doubt. So, Coach, please just tell the listener a little bit about yourself, and we'll we'll go from there.
1: Well, I'm I'm Tom Sears. I uh, am the athletic director, head boys basketball coach, head volleyball coach at South Harrison High School. Um, I have been here. Oh, wow. As a, as a basketball coach, I've been here uh, over 20 years uh, mm. in some capacity. Um, I just finished my 13th year as the head coach of the basketball team. And so uh, I'm a Hawk. Uh, I graduated from South Harrison High School and I've never left. And Lord willing, we'll stay here until we uh, finish things up. So uh, real big about community. Uh, I pastor in the community. Um, obviously, I teach at South Harrison and uh, uh, Husband and father, probably the greatest jobs that God ever gave me uh, was being a husband and father. So uh, I just feel very blessed, very blessed.
0: Mm. So what I really want to start talking about is how do you schedule all that? Because you do a (laughs) lot. Coach. So how does that work?
1: I I chuckle, Zach, because that is a question that I actually get asked a great deal. Um, Let me say this. Uh, I have a wonderful wife and I'm not just. That's not just a cliche. I have a wonderful wife. She is involved in everything that I do. So she helps, you know, at the church. uh, She helps run my concessions for my sporting events. She is involved in taking up tickets and having, uh, you know, collecting tickets at the gate. I mean, she just does everything. Uh, So it makes things a lot easier. It's funny because we were talking last night and we took a drive and um, you know, sometimes I think people in life, they, they, you know, she was talking about what her purpose was. She said, you know, I, I see you impacting all these people and doing all these things. And she said, sometimes I wonder what my purpose is. And I said, you know, I'm not anything if it's not for you. So mm. that's how I would answer that. And I believe that with all of my heart, like I said, I'm not trying to win brownie points. It's mm. uh, I really believe that yeah, I couldn't do it without her.
0: Mm so do you also teach a class at South Harrison? (laughs) I
1: I do. I have a a full teaching schedule. Yes.
0: Wow. So what do you teach?
1: Uh, world history and this year psychology, but the elective will be on rotation. I think we're going to try to do economics next year. So, so I have the freshmen and then I have the upperclassmen in my psychology class.
0: Psychology. Does that help you as a coach? Do you use those, those lessons in your coaching?
1: I think it goes both ways really. I think, you know, as a teacher, my experiences outside of the classroom benefits what I'm able to discuss within the classroom. And then obviously, you know, studying psychology, you begin to understand a little more about how people think and why they think that way. And I think it does provide the opportunity to be a more well-rounded person because I can tell you, Zach, and I'm, I'm sure you could attest to this as well, that my coaching philosophy and even style has evolved the longer hmm. i've done it you know kids hmm. change and you know you have different kids so so yeah i think to answer your question it goes both ways
0: hmm. you were talking about your coaching style evolving what did it start as and what is it what is it now
1: so you know i think when i first started and i was younger i think i had the mentality more so of you know it's kind of my way or the highway and at times that would uh, cause a bit of friction Um, and I think as I've gotten older and matured more, um, my, my ego is not as big as it once was. And I think all coaches go through that, but I really think Mm -hmm. to be effective, you have to kind of check your ego at the door. And so now I try to have a philosophy of empowering my players and athletes that I coach, allowing them in on the decision-making of some of the things we do, uh, because I feel like if I empower them and give them. You know, some if they I'll, if I allow them to give me some insight, um, they will feel more invested and thus mm. work harder. So I think that's been one of the areas that I've changed for sure.
0: Mm. Empowering your players, I think, is a that's an old thing, but it's a new thing that people actually talk about now. I was reading some John Wooden a couple oh, yeah. nights ago and he talks about, you know, he was very structured, but then empowering his players. So, what do you what kind of things do you let your players? voice their opinion about so what are things that you hey what because some things you're this is how it's done but what are the things that they get some some saying
1: so if you're looking at like maybe a defensive scheme or even an offensive scheme and there's an area where maybe they're struggling with something a little bit um i allow them to give me that input and Mm. because i've had players come up to me and say coach i can't do it i just can't do what you're asking me to do Which one, I want them to feel comfortable saying that, obviously. And so instead of me, I think maybe years ago, I would have been like, figure it out. You know, Mm -hmm. you you can do this, figure it out. But now I listen to them them a little more. And uh, I'm going to give you a a, a scenario. Um, I had a a player this season that came into the coach's office after a game. And they they were upset. And I said, hey, I kind of kicked everybody out of the room. It was just me and my assistants. And I said, hey, have a seat. Uh, What's you know, what's going on? And he he shared his heart. I mean, like it was a really emotional moment. He shared his heart with me and he said, I feel like you expect too much out of me. Like I Mm. feel like you you want too much. And I I said, Well, there's a good reason for that because there's a lot there. Like you have a ton of potential. Mm. And he said, he he was he was honest with me. He said, I just need to hear you believe in me. And Mm. I kind of sat back and I like took a breath and I was like, You know what? Sometimes we have great athletes and we expect a lot out of them, but they're kids, you know? Mm. And so I want them to feel confident and comfortable having those conversations with me. And it transformed our relationship, to be honest with you. It just totally transformed it because I was the adult in the room and I needed to be that adult. So I took a step back and I started, you know, congratulating more, kind of building the self-esteem and the confidence a little more instead of just pushing all the time. And Mm. actually. You know, he's he's gotten better because of it.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's a fine line, isn't it? Trying to push yes. and then give uh, affirmation. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, I'm I remember growing up as a player, and I'd have coaches tell me things like this: uh, if you pat a dog on his butt, he just poops in your hand. You know. <laughs> so yeah, I and that. I don't think that's true, but I think that his that philosophy is definitely in the coaching, coaching world.
1: Yes, it is. I, I actually, I laughed because I had a coach that said something very, very similar to that. You know, it, 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 he said it like this, every time I pat you on the butt, you crap in my hand, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, and there's, I, I get, it. listen, coaching's coaching is not easy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you were, we were talking about psychology. I mean, there is that aspect of it. There's the psychological aspect. And I think for me, You know, these kids are coming from all different walks of life. They're coming from all these different backgrounds and some of them have great home lives and supportive parents. And some of them have they they feel like no one cares about them. So I want my environment to be one. And I tell the kids this all the time. I want to win. I'm as competitive as anybody out there. Like I want to win. But at the end of the day, in 10 years, when they're holding their kids or in 20 years, when they're holding the grandkids, I want them to look back and say those were the best days of my life. And I mm. think in order to do that, we have to foster an environment and an atmosphere that they are—they're confident, they're aware, they don't feel threatened, and they can really grow and blossom into who they're supposed to be as a player and more importantly as a person.
0: Mm. You were talking about your your student population. Talk about the student athlete population at South Harrison High School. Uh, what what does that look like there?
1: Well, you know, we're uh, about three hundred and thirty to three hundred and forty kids um in basketball we play a double we, we play double a because of the new the new thing they're doing um so uh, you know i've been here long enough to have seen football players looking for something to do in the winter and so they played basketball uh to now where we are where i have basketball players that play year-round travel the aau circuit you know there's no downtime they work super hard uh and you know it just is a different kind of kid but south harrison's notorious for hard work you know sort of that grit that toughness and i think that's been consistent really from the time i was in school to where we are now uh they just um and and a lot of times south harrison kids and maybe even their parents have sort of a chip on their shoulder you know Mm -hmm. sort of um you know i've told them since i've been coaching you're as good as anybody, you know, just, just work hard. And it's really exciting. You know, we had a tremendous basketball season this year and, you know, we, we expect to have another one uh, next year and to see the community come out, they were so proud and everybody was so excited and it was, it was really fun. I mean, it was, it was really, really fun. And it made me have sort of this, uh, I don't want to use the word accomplishment because at any moment you become complacent or settle Uh, Mm. You'll start going backwards, but there was a sense of accomplishment as I looked in that gym and it was standing room only. And, Mm. um, but that, that says something about our kids back to your question. Our kids came out, the student section was full. They're walking the hallways during the day and they're super excited to support Mm. the the team and stuff. So great kids. Uh, for me, I'm orange and black all the way. Um, and, um, there's just no place like home. absolutely
0: yeah no no doubt so talk about your run a little bit Uh, you guys went all the way to the state tournament and man that's awesome
1: yeah so it was it was man it was a fun ride coach i'm telling you it was a fun ride uh we finished the the season 23 and 2 we were 20 and 0 before we dropped our first one um and we went to the state tournament for only the second time in school history and it's been over 20 years since that had happened Mm. so uh Yeah, it was a fun ride the majority of our our talent was in that junior class so we'll have all those guys back Uh, but i think for me the most rewarding part was seeing the community come to life you know south harrison has notoriously been a football school and i this basketball team just stole the community's hearts and Mm. i'm so proud of those kids but you know it doesn't happen by accident and this is what Mm. i want everyone to know like um you know, of course, I, I win coach of the year, everybody's patting me on the back, but the reality of it is, and this is what we talk about, sort of check in your ego at the door, is mm-hmm. that it was the parents that started when those kids were in elementary school and took them all over the state and all over up and down the East Coast and, and, and took them to the AAU and travel ball. It's those kids that opened the gym in the off season, mm-hmm. or those parents that opened the gym in the off season, the kids that came in and practiced and played, so it doesn't happen by accident success doesn't happen by accident and so uh, uh yeah it was a fun ride but i am so driven for the next journey now which is you know we dropped out or we bowed out early in the state tournament we want to make a run we want to make a run and we feel like we can
0: mm, that's awesome because for people that don't know double-a basketball in the state of west virginia is that's a tough division i mean you guys it is. i mean i i've we played poker every year I was down in Nitro, man, their basketball program is, it's good. It's but I mean, you, yeah. you guys can be right there, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. We've got uh, super excited, you know, we've got a really good, we've got a really good core group of kids, um, you know, led by Corey Bolden, obviously he's, uh, uh, he's a really, really good basketball player. He's garnering some attention from coaches around the, uh, the country really. And so, um, and then, and then it just it just trickles down. Noah Burnside, Austin Peck, Lucas Elliott, those kids, core group. Um, so they're all back. Lord willing, we're healthy, mm. and um, everyone can stay together. There is that psychological edge that
0: you mm. know. I
1: feel like I coach that more than I coach basketball schemes sometimes. So, uh, mm. but you know, I'm 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 happy to do
0: it. Awesome. So, talk a little bit about your basketball philosophies scheme-wise offense defense are you a pressure guy are you a set guy how does that how does that work so it,
1: okay so i laugh again because coaching at south harrison has not always allowed me to to have this, to to implement the schemes that i would like to implement hmm. uh because and the reason i say that is is because for instance uh i am a full court man-to-man guy i like i like creating an atmosphere of confusion offensively and defensively sort of pressure on offense pressure on defense Uh, we were able to do that this year but in years past I've had to gimmick I've had to uh, run different zone things or try to disguise what we were doing defensively for the purpose of trying to to level the playing field because the teams Mm -hmm. were superior to us uh so uh if I had, you know, if I were able to recruit players in, that's what we are. We're full court. We're we're pushing tempo. We're flying them down the floor. You know, we aver- We led the state in scoring in double A with over 72 points a game. Mm. We were also one of the top defensive teams. We only gave up, I think, 44 points a game. So yeah. I mean, like though, that is that's Tom Sear's style, right? That's what I like to do. But as a coach, especially at the high school level, you, you can't always get the athletes or the players that you would want to to fit your scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, so philosophically whether it's man-to-man or zone whether it's uh, you know more motion versus sets um you've got to have a philosophy of hard work for me i mm-hmm. want guys to work hard you do the little things right because the little things are the big things they add up right mm-hmm. so that's that's my mentality work hard play hard have that south harrison grit that toughness and go out there, and no matter what a coaching, whether it's volleyball, basketball, whatever it is, I want them to know they played the South Harrison Hawks,
0: and mm. so win or
1: lose, right? So that's that's kind of what we instill in our kids.
0: Man, that's that's awesome. I had a, a coach tell me one time that all high school coaches are at the mercy of their roster. That exactly, we're trying to fit pieces. And hey, how do we do this? We can't sign somebody. We can't go recruit them. You, when you say recruit, you're talking about hallways, right? So you are talking about get them out from the from the building and all that stuff. Yeah. And so, how do you yeah. do that? How do you get the guys out on your team that you want on your team from the from the hallways?
1: Well, it starts in the classroom, I think. Mm. So it's it's a it's a tremendous benefit being in the high school because I uh, this is only my third year here at the high school. Before mm. I was at the middle school, which that was helpful too, because I had them when they are young and mm. uh, you build a rapport with them in the classroom. I try to just be genuine and real, and I try to respect everybody, no matter what they think, what they believe, how they act, what they do, where they come from, where they're going. I try to show them respect and mm. um, you just build a relationship. It's it, it, it's about relationship. At the end of the day, mm. it's always going to be about relationship. So, you know, to be honest, we had some kids uh, that did not come out this year that, I really would have liked had, you know, to come out just for future um, uh, seasons, but mm. they, uh, they didn't, but now they're already coming to me. And they're like, coach Sears, I me- I messed up. I want to play next year. You know? Mm. So it's just about, they've got to feel comfortable with you. I, mm. I I tell, you know, as an athletic director, I tell my coaches all the time, they have to buy into you before they'll buy into anything you say. Mm-hmm. So that's so important. Let them, you know, ha- build that relationship. And I, it's funny because with me, like during basketball, you've always got the, you know, the sort of the armchair quarterbacks, everybody knows how to do everything. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, I shut those voices out as long as my boys are with me, as long as they're with me, mm-hmm. we do what we, what we do in the locker room in the gym is sacred. And mm-hmm. if you're with me, everybody else, and this is going to sound really Frank, but it's, it's how I believe. They can all go fly a kite. I want my boys with me. Cause if they're with me, Give it time. The community will come with you, too. So mm-hmm. that that's kind of how I see it. Right. I mean, right or wrong. That's kind of how I see it.
0: No, that, that's so good, because I, I think when you start listening to too many voices, oh. it's not it's not a good thing because uh, they don't know what you know and the time you put in and what you're practicing and all all that stuff.
1: And coaches get themselves in a lot of trouble when they start listening to all those voices, because then you want to be a people pleaser. So you start trying to do all these things to make everybody happy. And if there's one thing I've learned, you're just not going to make everyone happy. It's just not going to happen. And I have found, in you know, in the past when I've tried to make someone happy, they end up mad about something else anyway. So you know, do what you believe in. Follow your heart. Follow your values. Values are important. Have integrity, and be able to give a good reason as to why you did what you did. Because the reality is, um, you know, since I lost at the state tournament, I have been studying two basketball games. That's my two losses. Mm -hmm. St. Mary's beat me, and Mick Price with Ravenswood beat me in the state tournament. Mm -hmm. So I'm studying. I'm studying for two reasons. What did they do to beat me when no one else could, right? Mm -hmm. And what did I do to allow them to beat me? So Mm -hmm. I studied that, and I can already go back and see mistakes that I made. And I'm very reflective. Like, no one will have to chase me down and say, hey, you're the reason we lost. I already think I'm the reason, right? So, you know, I think a good coach uh, looks in the mirror and says, what could I do to be better? And I in turn, tell my kids that like, I I want to build an atmosphere or an environment where they're not pointing fingers at everybody else, but Mm. look in the mirror, be a man and say, had I done this better? Had I done that better? And, uh, that's the atmosphere we try to, uh, you know, to implement.
0: And that's awesome. So did you give a a sermon this morning? Are you, did did you preach this morning? Okay. I I would love an excerpt from that. Give me, give me (laughs) something you talked about this morning.
1: So we, uh, we, I actually talked about Elijah, um, where he went to, Ed, to King Ahab and said that he heard an abundance of rain. So he sends his servant to, uh, to go see, to go to the mountain and look and see if, you know, there's any sign of rain. And the Bible says that he went six times and six times he comes back and he says, hey, boss, there's nothing going on. There's nothing happening there. And then you know Elijah says go one more time, and when he goes, he sees this this uh, uh, cloud in about the size of a man's hand. Mm. And uh, I told my church this morning that no matter where they are in desert places, maybe you know sometimes in the desert it's just nothing but dry well all the time it's just dry sand right it's it's awful. Mm. I t- told them to build a boat and expect some rain.
0: Mm build a boat and expect some rain. Wow. So how do you, so how do you prep for that? Like I've, I've heard different pastors talk about prepping for sermons. How do you, how do you do that?
1: My, my sermon prep really happens throughout the week. And the funny thing is, is I had another sermon ready. Like I was doing a series on pursuing God and we were going to talk about holiness and sanctification this morning. And then uh, my daughter, my oldest daughter sent me a song by Colton Dixon that says, mm. build a boat. And in it, it has a line that says, I will build a boat in the sand where they say it never rains. And Mm. when I heard that line, it just hit me. So my mind immediately went to Elijah and the sound of the abundance of rain. And so typically I prepare all week long bits and pieces. And then on Saturday night, when, when the rest of the world shuts down, Mm. I, I just kind of go over all my notes and kind of, you know, and that's, that's how I've I've done it for years.
0: Mm. 16 years now. 16. Wow. So what type of church is it? Where is it? All that, all that stuff.
1: So so, we're non-denominational, and I am in Good Hope, which is about ten minutes from here from the school. I'm at the mm-hmm. school today. So uh, about ten minutes from the school. and uh, you know, here in the community, just a small church, a group of people that really wants to reach out and, and help the people in our community and the people around us. And we've that's, been fortunate to do that.
0: Man, that's that's so good. Coaches, we we land a plan on the podcast uh, today. I would love a nugget to a coach out there. Who's thinking about getting into coaching or I say a coach thinking about getting into coaching. Somebody who's thinking about getting into coaching. What is something you wish you knew before you got into coaching?
1: Well, the first thing is, be passionate, right? Mm. Because there's some things in life you just can't fake, and passion's one of them. Mm. When when everybody and their brother come against you, because they will. That's the first thing you've got to know is mm. that you're not the honeymoon period ends and Mm -hmm. you're going to make a decision something's going to happen you're going to lose a game and you're going to feel just like you have no value as a matter of fact you're going to feel that way a lot Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's the passion that will drive you when everything else around you is falling apart and so what my suggestion is is if you're going to step into coaching make sure you're passionate obviously about the sport that you're coaching but i find for me that i'm more passionate about the kids Mm -hmm. so like I've I've often said I could coach anything, right? I could coach anything. It doesn't matter. Give, you know, give me a sport. I'll coach it because I'm passionate about those kids. Uh, But I think that um, I would the best, the best advice is trouble. Don't last always Mm. there's going to, there's going to be highs and lows. You'll have good days. You'll have bad days. uh, And neither one of them are going to last very long. But Mm. if you have a passion for the kids, uh, it'll keep you going. And I can sit here and tell you right now without a shadow of a doubt that mm. it is my passion for the kids that keep me going. Mm.
0: That's so awesome. Coach, thank you for coming on. Thank you for taking your this time awesome. and talking with
1: Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Yeah, this is this is awesome. I love what you're doing. Uh, uh, obviously, following you and your job there at Cannon Upshire, and uh, wishing you the absolute best. And this is a true honor to spend this time with you. And I sincerely mean that. Mm.
0: Thank you very much, Coach. You're your first class.
1: Take care, okay?